Hi, I'm Joseph McClendon III, and welcome to the Cure for the Common Life podcast. Listen, you know as well as I do that motivation, empowerment, and inspirational stories, they're all well and good, but that's not what keeps us going. That's not what's going to change your life, and that's not what's going to move the needle in your health, your wealth, your happiness, your abundance, or your ability to be able to help other people and make a difference. What keeps us going, what produces results in our lives is activity, not action, activity. And when you can get yourself past the things that stop you and hold you back, that's when you'll thrive and that's when you'll crush it. And I humbly offer you these tools and strategies to kick your own ass and make the changes so that you can thrive. But most of all, I'm going to give you something every single time that you can do to create a change in yourself. Life is exactly what you dare to make it and fortune favors the bold, baby. So if you're ready, let's bold. Well, welcome back. Welcome to The Cure for the Common Life. I'm Joseph McClendon III. And as always promised, I bring the best of the best of the best to help you go further, faster. And today is absolutely no exception. And as a matter of fact, today is a continuation or part two of a podcast I did a couple of weeks ago with this amazing woman. And we got to run in our mouths and we, you know, I try to keep this at a reasonable time and we ran out of time. So I asked if she would be uh, willing to come back on. And of course, she jumped at it and said, she said, yes. I was gonna say she said, hell yes, but I didn't say that yet. Uh, This is Amira Alvarez, and she's a founder and CEO of Unstoppable Woman, the Unstoppable Woman, a global coaching company that helps entrepreneurs, empire builders, and rising stars in all fields to achieve their dreams and goals and desires in record time. And as always promised on on this podcast, I, I... Don't bring anybody that hasn't walked their talk or doesn't walk this talk, and she absolutely does. She made quantum leaps going from barely earning six figures to making over $700,000 in one year and then on to seven figures. And she's lived to tell about it. (laughs) And she knows exactly the (laughs) strategies and mindsets to shift the required amount of shifting that needs to be done to get out of your own way and live your best lives. So welcome back, Amira. Thank you so much for being on The Cure for the Common Life again. How are you? Part two. I am super excited to be here, Joseph, and I'm doing great. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Good to see you again. And I know we'll get yakking, but before we do, share with us a little bit about what you've got going on. I know you have a couple of events coming up that people can benefit from uh, as well. Absolutely. So I live to teach. I live to help people do what I did for their version of their life. It doesn't have to look like my version, but to really break through that sort of invisible glass ceiling that keeps you from going for more and achieving your your goals. So I live to teach this stuff, this methodology. And I know you do too, right? Like you have, like at your core, you're a teacher. So the stuff that I have going on, Joseph, is all about teaching. We've got the podcast that's going great guns. Like people are loving it. We're putting what out is, amazing content. Just, just because I want everybody to be able to share in it as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's called The Unstoppable Woman. So if you search that, um, you'll find it. And it's for men too. However, the majority of my clientele are, are women and they're you know entrepreneurs, business people, athletes, um, People who have big dreams, they want to do something and they have a goal and they, they can't figure out yet why, if they're high performers, why they're not achieving their goals 
as fast as they, they want to. So it's a real, you know, we put a lot of great stuff out on that. I, I share a lot of personal stories of, that are how to's like how I had to actually change to do, to go from here to there and you know, what's happening in my business right now. And we bring on great guests and uh, tons of teaching. One, some of the teaching that we have in there is the morning mindset club, which is me teaching one of your favorite books, which is think and grow rich. Yes. Um, and, and I'm like, we're almost at the end of it. We're like at chapter 15, you know, four or five pages to go, but you can, you can binge listen. And I take you through the entire book, um, pretty much paragraph by paragraph, helping you really use this material. That's been so effective for everyone's life who, you know, so many entrepreneurs have really used it to scale. So that's all free. And then we have something called the Unstoppable Woman Summit, which I am super excited about. That's in May, May 14th, 15th, and 16th. And that's a deep dive into this material. And it's three days. I'm the only one teaching. It's going deep. You're workshopping it. You're, you're taking action and you're, you're changing fundamentally in three days. And so that's a, a great place for people to start if they, they resonate with, with what I share here today. Oh, spectacular. Uh, three things. First off, I'm so glad that you said that it's not just for, for women. It is for humans <laughs> as well. Yes. And, uh, and obviously, you know, you uh, probably, like you said, the bulk of your audience are women and us mere men, we can enjoy the processes as well because we are, we are men. And I'm also glad that you said uh, that it's not just about the stories and, and the learning and things like that. It is about things that you, as I said in your intro here, you have tactical strategies to help people do things as well. And I always say that that's critical, Amira, because, you know, everybody can, can learn stuff, we all learn stuff, and we oftentimes know what to do, but we don't always do what we know. So process is progress. And then lastly, uh, you know, which, which let's get on this maybe, because I, I now remember that this is one of the things we were talking about before, is the book that you mentioned, Think and Grow Rich, is uh, the founding book for me and for a lot of my colleagues, uh, the, the first book that we read and, uh, and gleaned from and it changed our lives. And in my case, I always tell people I read the book, but I did the exercises. Yeah. Which I, is a big difference, right? Like yeah. most people read without applying. Yep. Huge, huge. Yeah. And uh, as a matter of fact, I read the book every year from the time I was 19 years old till I was about 35 years old. And I always say this, that every time I read it, and it's probably the same with you, even as you're teaching it, you either go, oh, I remember this. Uh, you know, maybe I haven't been using it to its fullest, or I get even something new. It amazes me that I, I relate that to something new. Is that the yeah. same with you? hundred percent. I, I have something even like in full transparency, the first time I read this book and everyone was saying, you know, this is the book, read this book, right? This will change your life. First time I read the book, I was like, what is the big whoop here? Like, like I didn't get it. It was imponderable to me. Like I did not. And I, I considered myself, you know, kind of smart, you know, and I don't want to, you know, talk too big, but I wasn't, I didn't have low self-esteem around that. Okay. And and I was like, this is imponderable. Like he, this is like, it's saying it's circular. It's saying the same thing over and over again. What, what is this about? And I stuck with it. So I just want to say to anyone who read it once or started to read it and put it down, I get you. Okay. Like I understand, pick it up again, give it another shot because every time I've read it and I'm like you, I, I tend to 
pick up a few pages and read it a, like chapter at a time or a couple paragraphs every day, every couple days. And I keep it fresh in my mind. And every time I read something, I'm like, oh, that's right. That's right. I need to apply that. I need yeah, to do that. I need, I need to, that. That's for me today. Okay. It's an affirmation yeah. and a, a reminder of what to continue to do. And um, but before we, because I want to dig a little bit deeper on that, I might make a suggestion to you. It's something that I, I've done with my mastermind groups is uh, because I've, I've gone through the book and when you get to the end of the book, you go, okay, what's next? We can start over again. And, and I'm sure you're aware of this. And, and by the way, before I start this, for those of you that have not read the book or don't even know anything about the book, the book is called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And it was written, if I'm not mistaken, in 1937. And he was commissioned by, by the then one of the wealthiest men uh, in the world, Andrew Carnegie. Uh, and he commissioned him to write this book. And you know, the crux of it is, is, is Napoleon Hill went and interviewed uh, the most successful, I'm not going to even just say wealthy in terms of money, most successful and healthy, happy people of the time and found out what they had in common. And that's he, through his stories and through the examples, he put it in the book and it's just magic. Uh, but here's what a lot of people don't know, and, and this might be my suggestion to your, your group, and that is, I'm sure you've heard of it, the next book, which is called Outwitting the Devil. Mm -hmm. And just for everybody, when you read that, I, I'm not sure if you know this, but I just found it out that they were, it was all one book in the very beginning. And Oh, I did not know that. It was one book, but they didn't uh, publish the second part of it uh, that, that was not even called Outwitting the Devil. Because in 1937, they were afraid that it would freak people out. Because in the end of Thinking Grow Rich, it was forward thinking so much with masterminds and you know imagining and visualizing and things like that. So they didn't publish um, Outwitting the Devil in two th till 2011. And yeah. when, I, when you read it, even today, when you read it, you'll swear that it was written you know just a few years ago. But yeah, because they didn't they didn't think people could handle yeah. this idea. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I had heard that, but not that it was originally set to publish as one book. I had it. I didn't know that. That's fabulous. And when you and when you make that correlation, you'll start to realize, yeah, it does go right from that last bit where he's talking about, uh, uh, like I said, masterminding and imagining and you know holding court with the people that that you would like to have in in your mastermind. You know, people deceased and so on and so forth. It kind of goes right from that into outwitting the devil. So you'll start. Yeah. To but let's talk do you have your own personal mastermind? I do. In your head? Um, yeah. Yeah, that was one of yeah. the exercises. Remember back totally. in the days? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've had it. Now, it has switched. It has changed. Right. I've brought different people in there. And for those of you that are listening, uh, there's a part in the book where he, he suggests that you, obviously, your teachers, your mentors, the people that you are inspired by, uh, you want to hold them in a certain regard but what he says is imagine them being a room and they are your advisors so when you have a, a, a question or a challenge or something you're going against you go okay well what would martin luther king say you know martin talk to me a minute <laughs> and, and you know i mean the thing is we have this incredible imagination and this incredible intuition and we know who we know that person's message we know their their perspective on life and then we go martin please what would you do here right? Dr. King, what would you do here? And you, you get that answer. And it's so hundred percent clear. One thing that I do is, is a version of this. I, if I have a 
challenge in front of me, a business challenge, a relationship challenge, whatever it is. I, I, I write it down. I write down what the challenge is. And then I ask, I, I, I think with my pen, right? Pen to paper so that I can focus a little bit more. Otherwise my, my mind goes, don't get me started. Go on. So <laughs> yeah, you, you too, like, otherwise I have a monkey mind and it goes in a thousand and one different directions. So if I take pen to paper, I'm like, okay, I'm listening, Dr. King, I'm listening. And I ask the question, Dr. King's not on my, my mastermind, but I get it. Right. I, I, you know, Napoleon, what would you do right mm -hmm. in this situation? And and I always get a clear answer and I write that down, but then I don't stop. I go around the table. I ask the entire mastermind because they have a different perspective. And now I don't just have one solution to my issue. I have 10. And, and this person saying, go hard. This person saying, take a little time and think about this, right? And sometimes it feels like uh, conflicting stories, but you can always integrate and, and, yes. and, and you start acting on these ideas quickly, you, you, you're, it's just a, an, an amazing way to access the, the information that's always available for you. And you could say that it's your imagination. You could say it's your intuit, intuition. You could say it's your subconscious coming from your subconscious mind. Does it really matter? You got the information and now you can run with it. So very well put. And you're absolutely right. You know, it, it, now you can, uh, you know, for those of you that are listening, you can understand why in 1937, this might've been considered uh, a little bit uh, nutty, you know, lunaticish. Uh, and I always look at it like this. I will, I'm, I'm just like you. And by the way, I, I, when I said, don't get me started, I mean that I tell people do not just type it on your, on your iPad or your computer, get out a pen and paper, what you write, you invite into your life and what you don't, you won't. And so I will do that same thing. And my personal belief is that, you know, and again, I go back on the book, he calls it the infinite intelligence that's out there all the time. And so this is just one way of tapping into it. Am I talking to Martin Luther King or whomever? I don't know. I don't care. It's just, I, I get a clear answer that's other, that's different than the one, the struggle that I'm going through. And I, just an interesting thing, I literally relied on that. At a, a time in my life, I was a musician. I was a singer songwriter and I had a deal with CBS Records. And my producer tasked me with every day writing a new song, every single day. You know, I had to show back up at the studio five days a week with a new song recorded on my little recorder at home. And so, and he said, I'm doing this because I want you to learn how to write songs. Well, I was learning. So, but I had been doing Think and Go Rich for a long time. So I put the, in my opinion, greatest musician of all times, Prince, on my uh in my room. And I literally would go there and every day and say, okay, dude, you know, throw something up. And I, I'm certainly no prince or anything like that, but you know, I was able to write an album's worth of songs that were great songs and all in those, and, and a song every single day. And so for everybody, I hope this is wetting your whistle and uh, you'll join Amira in uh, you know, going back. And like you said, you can go back and binge listen to it. It is that powerful and it is that strong. And, it, you know, and that's not the only thing and there's uh, other alternatives. Uh, so let's go a little bit deeper. Share with us some other things of your, your insights or what you share with people. I'm sorry, can you say that again? Yeah, I'm saying not, yeah, not just with the book, but with other things in your teachings. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it depends what, what I'm working with someone on. So if, if someone is, 
it comes to me with a, a financial goal, let's say, because that's a that's a big one for most people. Um, they they have a financial goal. Next tends to be health and wellness and and relationship goals after that. But someone could be coming with you know maybe they want to be, uh, you know I have an a, a actor as a client right now, mm -hmm. and you know I asked her what did she want, and that is the first question I ask everyone because you need to have clarity there. And it needs to be super clear. Tell me what you want, because we don't, we can't, we can't mastermind a solution, the, the path, the journey, the business plan until you tell me what you want. Okay. We, otherwise we don't know where we're going. So, uh, clarity around that is, is, is first and foremost. So with her, I had this conversation. I was like, I'm going to back up because I think this is an interesting teaching sure, sure. Uh, story. This was a conversation very early on. She was an actor. She she was saying, she told me what her financial goal was. And and uh, she was saying, I'm on the call list for positions uh, four through eight. No, five through eight. One through four are top positions. Five through eight are sort of second level positions. Still really good. But you know, you don't have to be there all the time. It's not super hard. It's, it's a little bit less intense. And she was focusing on that, getting those positions. And I asked her, I just took a step back and I said, do you want to win a, an Oscar? Like, what's your goal around being an actor? And she was like, yes, I absolutely do. That is one of my goals. And I said, well, your plan's not going to work because you're going for five through eight, you need to go for one through four. You're not going to win an Oscar being in position six. You need to be in position one or two. And she's like, you know, you're right. And then we did a little bit of mindset work around what was keeping her feeling safe down here. Mm -hmm. And she sent me a, a text three days later saying she got her first, first job in position one through four. Okay. That level of clarity. Yes, it works. Okay. It's amazing. Now she's like, she's doing the work. Like you were writing the songs every night. Okay. You weren't not taking the action. You weren't having a conversation with Prince and then staring at your belly button. You were having a conversation with Prince and you were writing the songs and you were recording them and you were coming in the next day. Right. She's right. Like she's going out on the, 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 you know, the calls, the, um, auditions. Yeah. Yeah. And that is so key because even in thinking we're rich, it's, you know, I, I, I've always added to his formula and that is the, you know, he would say that knowing what you want mixed with belief, mixed with emotion makes things happen. I always go knowing what you want mixed with emotion, mixed with belief, mixed with activity, meaning you got to get off your butt and do something because yes. just sitting around and wishing and hoping for it, um, it it's not going to move the needle. And you said something interesting there, and that is that um, when this person when you made the suggestion that, hey, maybe you need to go through these positions one, go to these positions one through four, um, she, did she realize at that moment that something was stopping her? Because she said, you know, what was making her feel safe? Did she realize that or is that something that you helped pull out of her? I helped pull that out. I think she realized it on an unconscious level. Like she could recognize, I mean, we were having this conversation because she was blocked. Like she understood, uh, she, like the funny thing with high performers, right? And and you probably relate to this. I relate to this, okay? Is like, we go, we're doing our things. It's not like we're not executing on some level, but we can get seduced by that level of execution, thinking that we're, we're 
we're, we're there already. We're, we've done enough. We've got it all figured out. And high performers have that as, I, I'm going to just say it's a negative trait of ours. Okay. I'm going to own that. Like, and, and then we don't realize that we actually aren't doing the things that are going to execute, you know, on the actual goal that we want. We're staying busy. We're hard workers. We're diligent. We're conscientious. We, we show up, we, we really show up, but we're not necessarily doing the things that move the needle. And it's a tricky thing. We think we are, but our subconscious has, has distracted us from it. And part of that is the clarity piece that I, I articulated, but part of it is really understanding, well, who do you want to be? Do you want to be there someone? There it is. Okay. Uh -huh. That, that, um, is afraid of overwhelm. Well, cause if you want to be that person, you're, you're living that out right now. Okay. And I, I say that in, in a little bit of a throw down the gauntlet attitude, because so many people are working really hard and they're overwhelmed and they can't imagine working any harder, right? That, that, and, and to get what they want. Okay. Now my, that was me. Okay. When I was starting off in this work, I was working really hard, you know, and I, I couldn't imagine working any harder. Like that does not scale, right? Like it's, it's a 12 hour day. Okay. How am I going to do? Okay. I could do 16, but for how long, right? Like at some point you're going to burn out yeah. and, and you have to become a different person so that your attitude towards your work changes. So you're in less resistance. So you get things done with more ease, less friction. And then you, and you do the thing that's actually going to move the needle rather than getting all confused and distracted and staying in the the weeds doing these little things that aren't, that keep you busy, keep your ego fed, but don't actually move the needle for you. That is so well put. And thank you for saying that. And I appreciate you, you know, owning it as well. I had to do the same thing. I, we all do, you know, and those of us that are coaches, mentors and teachers and things like that, ego does kind of take over and it makes us comfortable. And, and like you said, the, the busy work, and I can relate to that. There was a time, even in what I'm, well, I say what I used to do before COVID uh, in speaking and, and even this, this uh, profession that we're in right now, my first mentor in that, when I made the, the quantum leap uh, from being a musician to being uh, a, a mentor, a coach and psychologist and all of those things, I had uh, um, a, uh, a mentor and somebody that I used as an example of what that looked like at its highest level. And that is my dear friend, my business partner, Tony Robbins. But here was the challenge. And I didn't realize it until I was, I always say physician heal thyself. I was working hard to do that, to achieve something on that level. But I realized I, A, wasn't going there as fast as I should, could, would, and wanted to. And B, I just was not being as effective as I could. And C, I didn't feel good about it. And I went and I took, and, and I realized what was going on with me was when I looked at his life at the time, I said, no way in hell I want that. He was living in hotel rooms and never being with his family and never being, never, and I mean never, it was just like, just constant. And I remember thinking that and I'm going, okay, well, I teach this, I'm looking at what I don't want 
and feeling bad. No wonder I don't have what I do. And so I had to do that adjustment on myself. And my life now is nothing like that. Yeah, it's busy. I've got things, but I was able to get that uncomfortableness out of the way, you know, with the tools and strategies that, that we teach um, and encode into myself that that is not me. That's not what I want. So let's look over here at what we do want and then design the life. And as a result, things just took off from there. Yeah, it's such a fabulous story because that it, you have to see what you want. It's not what I want, exactly. but it's what you want, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's the individual because desire is causative. Desire is the, the engine. It's the thing that sparks us, okay? And, and action, you need to back it up with action, right? But desire is the thing that gets us immediately going. And if, and if you're going after something like in your story, that isn't what you really want, you're going, going to self-sabotage. No, no right? doubt. No. Yeah. And, and you self sabotage, you can self sabotage, even if you are clear about what you want, but it's, it's, uh, that's actually easier to work with because you can, you can, uh, see like in the story I told about this woman, like she could see, she could connect the dots a little bit more, you know? And it, and it and, makes it so much more palatable as a human being to go, oh yeah, I'm just being a human right now. Let me be a different kind of human and, yeah. and do something different. So let me ask you this question, Joseph, like the, one of the things that I teach is the law of sacrifice. I, I teach from the, the perspective of universal law. And one of the laws is the law of sacrifice, which says in order to make room for something of a higher nature, you need to let go of something of a lower nature. And, and people, I think, misunderstand this in a variety of different ways. But when you when you look at the, the story that you just shared in terms of Tony Robbins being your, your mentor and like looking at his life, um, how, what did you need to sacrifice in order to claim your own vision? That's a great question. And I am a bit of a wordsmith and I made a shift in that law. You know, I, I don't claim to be brilliant and I do claim to add to brilliance. <laughs> if, you, uh -huh. if, if you were rich or Tony Robbins or anything like that. So that law of sacrifice, I believe in 100%. I just added to it. And I said, the law of sacrifice and postponement, meaning it just doesn't mean, it means I, I might not be able to do this as much as I want right now. So I'm postponing it till a later date. And I'll give you the example is so, but there are things I had to sacrifice and I had to let go of. And that's really, really true. I had to let go of my ego, for example, and I had to let go of the way that I was, I, you know, I, I was going through life and even some of my relationships with people, uh, you know, intimate relationships and friend relationships. There are things that I did have to let go. Uh, and what made it more palatable and more uh, more usable for me was when I said, okay, well, these are the things that I'm not going to do now and I'll do later as a result of the life that I get to create. And an example of that was uh, I was, it was, and it still is in my soul, a musician. Music lives in me and I love to play music. And when I made that shift from practicing my instruments and writing songs 16 hours a day and in studios and all that stuff to not doing it, it there was a big hole and I didn't realize I, that was there that this was you know my calling I love doing this since you know I'm a little kid and and I said okay I here's what I get to do is I'm gonna postpone having that type of time now, I still play every day I play at least an hour every day and, and you know that kind of thing but that's my therapy my my uh, meditation and things like that 
but I had to say, okay, but there's going to be a time in my life later where I get to do it as much as I want. So I'm willing to postpone this for now and pick it back up later on. And that is my life now. Now I get to play as much as I want. And especially COVID came around. It was like, hey, <laughs> all those things. So, so to answer your question, um, I did, and I wrote it down. Here's the things that I'm willing to and could, should, would let go of, sacrifice, if you will, get them out, put them on my uh, uh, hall of fame, on the, on the wall of fame, uh, that kind of thing, uh, and let that go. And here are the things that I'm willing to not do right now and postpone them for a later date. Yeah. So that's a nice differentiation. I think that's really smart to, to, to know the difference between what needs to be let go of completely toxic relationship, yes. ego stuff. Right. And, and, you know, the desire to be on the road all the time to the, the desire to be someone you're not, that needs to be sacrificed. What yeah. is it that you want? Right. You, and when you let go of these false ideas, then you can let in the stuff that you really want. And then you can also, I, I love the, the postponement. I, I'm going to start using that and thinking about what it is. And that's hard for me. Let me just, I interrupted myself. That's hard for me, Joseph, because I am instant gratification girl. Like, yeah. like I want what I want and I want it now. And that, that, that works to some degree because I create urgency in my life. And if, if you're listening, pay attention to this, because I think it's important. I create urgency through, through my desires. Like I want that. I'm going to create that. Now I had to learn the methodology for creating, right? Taking something from the ideal world, just a thought into some sort of physicality. And we do this all day long, but, but you, if you can master that process, that methodology, then you can create stuff very easily. Like you, you close the gap on, on time. So it, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a little bit of a hate love relationship with this idea of postponement because uh, like, I, you know, I want what I want now. And like, if you know how to create something, then let's create it now. But then there are things that need to, to come later. So this is about triage, like prioritizing things. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah how I got around that and still do is this, when that feeling comes up, I stop, I take a deep breath, put a smile on my face, and I go back to my reason why I'm doing it. Because I, because the the danger, what I thought was, well, maybe I'm, push, I'm postponing it for too long and I can't enjoy it now. And that is why I made, um, let's just say, there are some things that I postponed, no, I'm not doing any of this now, but I would always put a date on it when I would get to. So I would say, yeah. So your subconscious knows, and no, then you don't self-sabotage around it. Yeah. Yes. There's that carrot on the yeah. stick. And also when I would catch myself frustrating with, because I love that question that you just said, well, well, I, I know how to create it. Why not now? And there's a part of me that would go, oh, that is me mm -hmm. distracting myself from something that I could, should, would be doing to bring the biggest thing of priority into my life. That's what I'm really creating. And mm -hmm. uh, being honest with you, sometimes it was a, a, a toss up. Sometimes I wouldn't win the battle sometimes. You know? Sometimes I would catch myself doing uh, what I wouldn't and I wouldn't beat myself up. I would just go, okay, well, great. You know, here we go. Let's, let's get back to where we were. Course correction, right? Course. Personal course correction. Mm -hmm. And for me, the thing that's, that's allowed me to do that faster is a, 
a transparency with myself, mm. just really owning, seeing what's happening. The moment that I recognize, oh, look, you're doing that. You're doing that thing where you're distracting yourself. You're going off course. Then I go, okay, don't beat myself up. No guilt and shame because that just keeps you stuck exactly where you are. Yeah. And instead, what do I, what are the tools? What do I need to do? Get back on track. And, and, and yet you can't do that if you're not being honest about the fact that you've gone off track. And we are human. We all go off track. So if you think you're the exception to the rule, you're keeping your, that's one of the ways you keep playing at the same level. Exactly. It's like, pay attention to that. Like if, if you, if you are saying everything's good, I haven't, I, I have nothing left to learn. You're not going to grow to the next level. And even if you don't know you're saying that, and one of the things I want to point out, and thank you so much, and for everybody listening, you're listening to this beautiful, amazing woman be human and, and demonstrate uh, something that I think we all need more of. I know I do as well, and I have to keep checking myself, and that is something called humility, because humility is the key to, in my, in my opinion, the key to setting that ego aside. Ego is great for the moment to get you going for something, but if you stay on that, then guess what? It will destroy you, and so many people deal with something called imposter syndrome. If they only knew, if they only knew that I wasn't as strong as I even tout uh, myself to be, and what you're doing is you're showing everybody that, yeah, you know what, you're human being as well, and we do fall, and we're not strong all the time. And so for people to get out of their way to, to recognize that, yeah, you know, this imposter syndrome is only lives in our own minds. My dad used to always say, what other people think about you is none of your business, and how dare you even assume they're even thinking about you at all. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, and so it, it's our it's our judgment of ourselves. We're going into ourselves and going, well, if they knew this, well, it's it, it's us that's making that. So, you know, thank you so much for that, and thank you for you know, I love the word that you you use, transparency. I think it's really important, and and it's not just you know, I I tend to be as transparent as I can on podcasts. I I have a, a lot to share, both personal stories and you know, this is how you do it, teaching, things like that. And it's important to be transparent about what it takes to, to get it done with other people that keeps you humble, that keeps you open, that that allows a real conversation to, to be had. But it's also transparency with myself, mm -hmm. right? In that moment, am I being honest with myself or am I telling myself a story to, to make the pain go away temporarily? And the way that one of the ways that I have scaled so quickly is like making a commitment to that, to like the level of transparency that I have with myself is going to be in direct relationship to how much growth I'm going to have. Nice. So I'm like, okay, this is the truth of what happened here. I fell down here. I, I, I thought this, this is where I was went off and without guilt and shame, but with personal responsibility, I clean it up. And I do it as quickly as I possibly can. If you do that, if you cycle through that again and again and again and again, you'll grow so quickly and it will show up in your bank account. It will show up in your relationships. It will show up in your health, whatever you're focusing on and doing this iterative process of, okay, where do I need to be honest with myself here? Okay, great. Done. Moving forward.
That is spectacular. That is something that I call a neuropsychological, physical, geometric momentum loop. (laughs) (laughs) Big words, but here's what it means, is that um, your psychology, meaning what you're thinking, the things that you're saying, and your belief in yourself, other people in the world around you, cause you to feel a certain way. Your nervous system reacts a certain way. And as a result, it causes you to act a certain way. And as a result, it causes you to, uh, to create a certain way and get things in your life. And the more you do it, the more you will do it. Anything that is repeated will become a habit. But here's the here's the clincher, and this is this the kind of the supercharger with it. And I and I see you doing it because those of you that are listening, uh, you can't see the expression on her face, but her eyebrows are up as she's talking about, <laughs> talking about it. And that, from a neuropsychological or a neurophysical standpoint, anytime those eyebrows go up and that smile comes on your face, dopamine release gets gets shot into us, and that teaches our nervous system to do it again and again. And that repetition of that. So I always say repetition is the mother of all skill, but repetition with praise is the father. It makes you go faster. And so whether you know it or not, you know, I'm not just saying this to you, but to everybody, as soon as you smile, as soon as you get happy and get excited about something, you're literally rewarding yourself for having that thought and those actions. And it perpetuates and it turns it into a loop and you tend to do more of it. So then, uh, and, and I'm asking, does it make it easier and does it make it more your default to be willing to go to that place. Uh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. So initially, so I will tell you my trajectory. Initially, I didn't want to be wrong. Like I did everything to avoid being wrong in my mind, out in the world, being seen, didn't matter who, wh- whether it was in my own mind or you know from other people, but I didn't want to be wrong. Mm-hmm. So I would defend internally against any mistake that I made because that was me being wrong. Well, how do you grow? How do you learn? You have to be willing to make mistakes. And, you know, there's the adage fail fast. Like you make a mistake, you get up, you do, you, you fix it, you move forward and you learn through this iteration, this trial and error kind of thing. But if you're unwilling to look at your mistakes and you're defending yourself because you don't want to be wrong then you never go through that. So I had to learn how to love making mistakes. Now, let me clarify that. I don't love making mistakes. Okay. Like I, just like everyone else, like, I don't want to make a mistake. I want excellence, right? I want to be at the highest level, but I had to love the, the learning that came from the mistakes. I had to, to praise to use your word. And, and I put it in the framework of the law of praise, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like what you praise, what you give gratitude for, what you thank, what you appreciate grows. And so, because it's where our attention is and it changes our, our physiology. And as you said, it changes the dopamine and it makes you want more of that. And therefore it leads you physiologically, correct me if I'm wrong, it leads you to be doing those actions again and again that are going to get you that dopamine hit. Yes. It becomes your default. It Correct. becomes the thing that you're, you're, you more readily and more, let's just say responsibly or responsively go to without thought. You know, we all, when, it, when it's time to tie your shoe, you don't go, okay, well, let me make the rabbit ears and, you know, loop around this kind of thing. It just is your default anymore. And that happened through the same type of process. Somebody taught you, you learned it, and it was difficult. Uh, but then when you did it, you went, oh, I did it. 
dopamine yeah. release and you went, okay, let's do it again, do it again. And that same mechanics, if you will, works with everything that we have in our lives, literally everything. And one thing I will, I will say is, and first I'll thank you for this because, uh, you know, I see why you're the badass that you are, uh -huh. and, uh, you know, your, your, your willingness to, you know, go to that place where a lot of people aren't. Um, one of the things that I'll say to everybody listening, and, and as I'm looking at the clock here, we've done it again. So we may have to do this again if you're willing to do it, uh, is that it's time for us to get up out of here. And here's what I'll say um, with uh, you know, all the things that we talked about today. None of it is rocket science. None of it is, you know, you have to get a degree and things like that. It's not just understandable, it's doable things. And so my recommendation for everybody that's listening, and you'll see the details in, um, in the uh, information below here, uh, but please look this woman up and feast on her, not just her knowledge and her wisdom, but uh, you know, the, the, test, the processes and things that she offers. I know you offer a lot of free stuff. You talk about it at the top uh, uh, for people to do. And I, I want to say this, that at the top of the show, you said you live to do this. And that is something, it's evident in just watching you and listening to you and seeing the, the, result that you've, uh, the, thing, the results that you've produced, not just in yourself. But the greatest part about it is I, I, I want to, as, as noble as this next statement is going to sound, uh, it's not, I hope it's not taken that way. Uh, it just is the way that it is and, and it, it lives in all of us. Her, her living and her need to do this comes from the same need that we all have to help each other, be kind to each other and to, and to, to share with other people as well. Evidence of that is this. You know, especially those of us that are parents. If you're a parent, you know, you would do anything for your child, if, you know, or your husband or your wife or anything like that. We as human beings would do more for other people and oftentimes do more for other people than we do ourselves. Why? Because here it comes. It's selfish. It makes us feel good. It makes us feel good. So it's noble in saying that, yeah, we like to do this. We live for it and so on and so forth. And it, we thrive on it. And so I say to everybody else, feast yourself on this amazing woman's work, body of work that she has, and then share it with other people as well. Amira, thank you so much again uh, for, and how do they, how do they find you? Please let us, because uh, it'll be in the details here, but how do they find you and, and feast on what you have? Thank you so much. Those were really beautiful, kind words. I very much appreciate that. Um, they find me at the unstoppable woman. So there's a, the, there, the unstoppable woman.com. And you can find our podcast there. You can find the information about the summit there. You can find the link to our podcast there. It's all there. That's the best way to find us. And then we're on all the social media channels as well. So spectacular. Well, I look forward to doing this again. And I uh, remember everybody life is exactly what you dare to make it and fortune favors the bold. Please like, subscribe, and pass this on to any and everybody because that's how we all grow in our community and uh, join us going further. Amira, thank you. Any last parting words to these amazing people? Well, thank you so much for having me. That's that's my, I'm just so appreciative to be here and it's, it's always fun. And yes, let's do round three. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna answer that. Um, and parting words, let's see, you know, take the next step, right? Like really, own, we talked a lot about owning your desires and, and take that next step. 
it can be small little steps in the beginning, but keep mm -hmm. taking those steps. And if you make a mistake, use what we were talking about today and, and don't make yourself wrong, but better your best. Learn, learn from that and, oh, and grow. That. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. And I will see you on the next one. Everybody, like I said, remember, life's exactly what you dare to make it. Fortune favors the bold. We are out. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Cure for the Common Life podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions or comments or any topic ideas you might want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at josephmcclendon.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you at the top.